Are you looking to open the beautiful door to the beautiful modality of Reiki, a hands-on energy healing modality? Radio host, Reiki master, speaker, and published author, Paula Vale would be honored to assist you in your Reiki training. For details, go to wellnessinspired.com. You may also contact Paula at paula at wellnessinspired.com to schedule your training. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Choices Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here, founder of Wellness Inspired. I am so excited to share with you just an amazing man. I, in fact, I told him he's almost too amazing. He, he's done so much. He just changes so many lives and all of that. Let me welcome to join us today, Willard Barth. He is an author, a speaker. His book, a number one bestseller, The Anatomy of Transformation, is a bestseller book that he has created along with many other things. He is the founder of Willard Barth Enterprises, he has been involved in the field of human behavior, personal and professional development for over 26 years. He also is a successful singer-songwriter. His first album, Coming Home, enjoyed international success with the first single, Wind Dancer. And we are going to chat about that as well. But first off, Willard, I wanna say welcome and thank you. Welcome. It's, it's awesome to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, gosh, you just have such a, a list of uh, credentials. I love it. Trainer, sales, leadership, team building. Oh, you do so much. I, <laughs> I would love to know uh, perhaps a bit of your history or sure. what brought you to this, this great vision and, and these successes that, that you've accomplished. I, I jokingly say to people when they ask me, it all happened by accident because I never planned on being at this point. Um, you know, the, the things that I do now are not part of the vision I had when I was a child. Um, to give a little bit of backstory, you know, you shared some of the things I'm doing now, but I lost my leg to bone cancer when I was eight years old. And by the time I was 13 years old, I'd been in the hospital 13 times, had nine operations and just had a bunch of other stuff that was going on as a child that actually put me on two very diverse paths. One, I became this mega achiever that anything people told me I couldn't do, I had to prove that I could. So I started making my living professionally as a musician at 15 years old. I became the first licensed amputee motorcyclist in Pennsylvania. I uh, lettered in junior high school wrestling. I lettered in high school football. And I had my first business by the time I was 19. So to the outside world, it looked like I was the perfect example of overcoming, you know, the loss of my leg. But the reality of what they didn't see was inside, I was a basket case. Um, I, I, I was totally lost spiritually because, you know, the religion I grew up in, um, I'm sitting there going, what did I do that I'm, that was so bad that I'm being punished like this? And, uh, you know, I had, uh, couldn't come up with an answer. So I figured I must be evil. There must be something wrong with me. And I had ended up having terrible self-esteem, terrible self-worth, 
And at the age of 13, I found the world of alcohol and drugs. And the same way that I excelled in the good stuff, I took the alcohol and drugs to the other limit. Um, you know, so 16 years old, I was riding with a biker gang, not like, you know, Hell's Angels or anything like that. It was a s small gang from where I was located, but still 16 years old, I'm walking into bars with these other 20 bikers and nobody ever thinks to check the ID of a 16 year old with all these other bikers. And that's the way I was living. I was living fast. I was living hard. I was living dangerous, uh, 20 years old. From the time I was 19 to the time I was 20, I got five drunk driving arrests within one year. Um, and I was ending up facing between five to eight years in jail. I ended up doing a total of 12 months between jails, halfway houses, and rehabs. And that still didn't get me to clean up my act. Um, I, was in, I was in this place where I wanted to die, but I didn't have the courage to kill myself. Plus, I still had this little belief of going, well, if you commit suicide, then you're going to burn in hell for the rest of your life or eternity. And I came up with this great plan of going, well, if somebody else kills me, then there's a religious legal loophole that I may actually not have to spend eternity in hell. So I would put myself in situations hoping people would take me out. I would go into um, the worst neighborhoods in Baltimore, completely you know, intoxicated, screaming racial slurs at the top of my lungs at four or five o'clock in the morning. I went into a biker bar in South New Jersey with a pistol sticking out of the front of my belt trying to get into a fight to get somebody to take me out. And for some reason, I'm still here. And that's where I say about, you know, the accident thing. And then I woke up one morning in 1989 after getting my sixth drunk driving charge. I just, I have to really learn the hard way. And that morning, two things came to mind that shifted everything for me. You know, for years, people would tell me that I had a problem. And my answer would be, well, you know, I drink because, and drink to use drugs because I have problems. But that morning I woke up and went, no, I have problems because I drink and use drugs. And it was that shift of taking responsibility that started the journey. And the other part was, like I said, I didn't care if I died, but I had the realization that morning that one of these days I was going to wake up to the reality that I killed somebody the night before when I was drunk, whether it was drunk driving, whether it was in a fight, whether it was ever. And I would have to live with that fact every day for the rest of my life in a jail cell that I took somebody else's dreams away, that I took somebody's father, mother, child. And, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. So I embarked on this now 30 year journey of immersing myself in studying human behavior, doing you know why we do what we do, why I did what I did, and have ended up really applying it and transforming it. And now that is my mission is to be able to, to educate and help people live the life that they desire and that they deserve. Wow. And you really, in your own life, you made a huge transformation, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Gosh. Wow. Well, tell us a bit of what you share in your your book, The Anatomy of Transformation. Sure. So The Anatomy of Transformation, it has three modules that I call them. Number one is what I call the seven phases of transformation. 
These are the phases that everybody I've ever spoken to, whether they're a celebrity, an athlete, a business person, in their health, everybody, including myself, have gone through these seven phases. The second module is what I call the three cornerstones to change. And these are what all transformation is based and founded on. You have to be willing to go to this place to be able to make transformation. And then the third module is what I call the seven keys to success and fulfillment how you actually live a life that is truly fulfilled as well as successful. So really the foundation of what I talk about when I'm talking about the, the book is the seven phases. And I'll just go through them quickly. Phase one is ignorance. You don't know what you don't know. You know, it may be that you don't know that the actions you're taking are causing such turmoil and chaos in people's lives. Or it may be that you don't know that there's another option or another opportunity I, you know, I grew up in a, a small community where my belief was farmers' kids became farmers, doctors' kids became doctors. You know, it was like you follow that path. So growing up in the household where a mother that was a nurse, I was a black sheep to begin with the fact that I was a musician. But to think about being an entrepreneur or being a business owner never crossed my mind until I was 19 years old and somebody introduced me to that idea. So that's phase two, which is awareness. Awareness either that what you're doing is, is, is negatively impacting people or there's another opportunity. But awareness doesn't mean that you're going to transform because many people use awareness as their excuse. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, yeah, well, I can't do that because I'm too old or I'm too young or I drink because I have problems. It becomes their excuse to keep them where they are. Transformation begins when you move to phase three, which is taking responsibility, looking at your life and finally saying, no, my life isn't messed up because of what my mother did or because of the economy or because a business partner screwed me over. Everything that's happening in your life right now, good and bad, is because of the decisions you made and the actions you took. And when you can take responsibility for that, now you can take responsibility for where you want to go. But you can't move forward as long as you're being a victim. After you've taken responsibility, phase four is what I call immersion. It means if you're truly committed to making the transformation, you can't dabble in it. You have got to fully commit and you've got to fully immerse yourself in the process. Phase five is what I call interdependence. That means it's about learning from other people's experience. It's about reading books, doing home study courses, going to seminars, having conversations over a cup of coffee with people who have already walked the path so you can learn from their experience. And the more you do that, you get to phase six, which is what I call ownership, where you've taken what you've learned from all these different sources, and now it's uniquely yours as a part of your identity, which then leads to phase seven, which is influence. Means you don't have to become a teacher, you don't have to become a coach, but by being who you are and by living your transformation, you influence other people and you give them permission to make their own transformations. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that. And that is so true. And I love your point about fulfillment and success. Yeah. We can base everything on when I have this success, when I succeed here, and you can arrive there and really not be fulfilled. That is powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, Willard, you are an inspiration. 
Thank you. you. Thank you. You really are. Tell us about um, some of the organizations you have. I, I know that um, you're the founder of the Willard Barth Enterprises, and but you're also you're involved in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Um, so, founder Willard Barth Enterprises, which in that there are a couple of verticals. One, which is I'm the speaker and the author, so. I have programs that are based around the anatomy of transformation that help people with their transformations. There's another vertical where uh, I actually do business consulting and uh, business strategy. And within that vertical, there are two ways. Number one, sometimes I'm just the executive business strategist with the owner of the business. Other times it's a larger company. So I have a team of advisors that I work with and we will come in and, you know, basically plug the right subject matter expert in depending on what their needs are. But that way, even if we've got one person working sales, one person working HR, one person working IT, one person working finance, we're all focused on the same objectives as a team to help the company grow. And then the third uh, that is an enterprise I'm involved in is three years ago, I launched a leadership and coaching academy to certify people in neurosciences, two certifications, one in neuroassociative programming, the other in neurolinguistic programming, and also uh, help them create a three-year strategic plan so they can actually build a business as a coach or in leadership and, and doing those types of things. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Tell, take a moment, Willard, to tell the audience how they could contact you to sure. work you. Sure. So uh, my website is willardbarth.com. I'll spell it out quickly, which is W-I-L-L-A-R-D as in David, and then B as in boy, A-R-T-H. So willardbarth.com. You can find me on all social media platforms. Uh, I think all of the bigger, like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter is all, no, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram is all willardbarth. YouTube and um, Twitter are the warrior sage, but you can find me on any of those. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place. And and so you really are traveling around the country, aren't you? Doing yes. all these speaking engagements. So really wherever we are, we could uh, look you up and come in and hear you and, and see the Willard in person, couldn't we? Absolutely. I actually ha even have a thing that I'm doing where if people contact me and they can get a group of people together in their community, they could do it, you know, at their local church or at their local library or something else. I'll come in and I'll do a presentation there because again, it's about, you don't know who's in that audience who one needs the help or two can introduce me to a client that would be a business owner or something else. So I'm already on the road. I mean, I literally, the, what you're seeing in this video is the office and part of the kitchen section of a 40 foot motor home that I travel around the country in. And it's like, okay, I'm already on the road. I'm already speaking and working with clients. Why not fill up my calendar with these other opportunities to get out in front of people? So yeah, people can contact me and say, Hey, I've got some people who would love to get, get you in front of, and I'd be happy to make it, make it happen. I love it. I love it. Myself, I'm really passionate about 
uh, being an entrepreneur and a team leader, I was a prior restaurant owner and I was all about, we are all a team in serving our customers. What would you say to all the, the managers and business owners out there that want to do more with their team? What advice would you give them, Willard? Oh, the, <laughs> the, the, it's a long, long answer on that one. Um, you know, leadership is not about a title or a position. Leadership is about who you are as a person. And leadership is about recognizing that you often have to become what I call a blank slate. You have to remove your frame of reference the way that you perceive the world because you need to recognize the only way to influence another person is by understanding what influences them already and then communicating to them in the way that influences them. And that comes down to personality styles, that comes down to their, what we call their communication strategy. Um, you need to become a student of human behavior so you can recognize how the people you're leading, everybody on your team is going to receive information in a different way and you have to be the chameleon who adjusts the way that you deliver that information. I love it. I love it. And what would you say to the audience out there that is thinking, okay, I want to, I want to make some transformations in my life. I want to just put a mindset out there that I can make transformations. I can change in a positive direction. Is there any little keys that you'd like to other keys that you'd like to share with them on that? Sure. So, so along with the anatomy of transformation, there's something that I teach, which I call uh, modeling excellence. It's the four keys to, to significant, significant transformations. And this is the foundation of any transformation. When you get to step five or phase five, which is about the interdependence, there's only two ways in life that we can learn things. Only two ways. Number one is through the school of trial and error, making our mistakes, beating our head against the wall, falling down, failing forward. And the challenge is when people focus on trying to do it themselves, normally they never achieve their dreams because they get so beat up, they start reinforcing these limiting beliefs to say, see, I can't do it anyways. The other way that we learn is through the school of OPE, other people's experience. But we have to learn these four keys to how to truly learn from somebody else's experience. When we were kids, we're taught, well, do what they do and say what they say and you'll get the same results. But you don't because you're only getting half of the picture. The very first thing that you need to do if you're looking at transforming and becoming successful and, 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 and really moving forward, number one, before you even get to the keys, is identify who you're going to model. You want to find somebody who's not just good at something, but somebody who's excellent at it. Somebody who has mastered that area. So then you want to get into the four keys. Number one, you want to find out what they believe. What are their belief systems about themselves? What are their belief systems about the specific topic that you're wanting to learn from them? What do they believe about other people? You know, you really need to get inquisitive and start asking them questions. And you'll be surprised a lot of times they struggle to give you the answers because it's all operating unconsciously for them. So you have to be really good at asking the questions. 
So identify what they believe because your belief systems determine the potential you tap into, the actions you take, and the results that you get. So you have to make sure, number one, you, you distinguish what the belief systems are. Number two is you have to elicit the strategy from them of how they do what they're doing. Now, again, when people are extremely good at something, a large percentage of what they do, they're doing it at an unconscious level because they've done it so much they don't even think about it. So when you say, okay, well, what's the first thing you do? They'll tell you. And if you take that as the answer, you're never going to get successful. You have to go, okay, is there anything you do before that? Because I do this with CEOs of, of you know, multinational companies when we're getting a strategy and I'll say, what comes first? And I go this, I go, okay, is there anything that happens before that? And we'll end up to three to 10 things that happen before that first thing they told me about, but it's because they're so good at it they do those without even thinking about it. They think of the first conscious action they do. And you need to elicit all of the strategy so you have all the steps. Third thing is, and this is where most people end up really, really messing up, is you go through all that work to get the strategy, then you have to follow the syntax of that strategy. Meaning, if the leader has just told you, okay, I'm giving you the alphabetical uh, recipe. Here's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, etc. Most people will start into it. They'll go, all right, man, I got it. Here's A, here's B, C. You know, that, that works really well for Paula, but I'm, I'm different. I could never do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip over C. I'm going to go to D. All right, so D, E, F, wait a minute, you know, F. F seems like that really would come down closer, like, after I. So I'm going to do G first. How many people do you know that have actually done this? because it's our own fears and our own limiting beliefs that get in the way. You must follow the recipe, because otherwise it's like somebody giving you an award-winning cake recipe and you go, I'll put the eggs on after I put the icing on. What, 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 what happens with that? Yeah. And then the fourth key is what I call state management. Everybody who's successful has learned to be able to shut off the outside things that could be messing with their, their emotional state and be able to focus and turn on the state that they need. You know, you're heading to the biggest meeting of your life and somebody T-bones your car in a car accident. You're healthy, you're safe, you're, you're, you're good, but are you gonna walk into that meeting thinking about, oh my God, my insurance rates are gonna go up, this, that, and the other? Or are you gonna be able to turn on the best you Know that you'll deal with that later and be able to focus 100% on being the absolute best at doing what you need to do. Those, to me, are the four keys that people have to focus on to be making successful transformations. I love that. I love that. Turn on the best you. That's, you know, yep. really, that's, I could see myself practicing that. I am going to learn and I'm going to practice how to turn on the best me. Awesome. And there, and there, and there's a simple strategy to doing that too. So, yes. yes. Oh, that just, uh, that has to be so fun and exciting to share that Willard. And I, I'm wondering, do you have any new projects or do you think you'll ever write another book or anything like that you'd like to share with us? Yes. Uh, actually my partner and I are rolling out a, a new program, uh, on July 3rd. Uh, it's called the big money blueprint. And it is designed for people who have a, a coaching or consulting
consulting or a speaking business. It, it applies also for other products and services, but it's a program designed to help you, number two, really identify your ideal client avatar because most people in business and some of the clients I, I, I consult with, they've been in business for decades, they still don't have a true idea of their ideal client avatar. So they, they spend so much money in marketing trying to get their message to everybody and they're selling to such a limited market. When you nail your ideal client avatar, you are able to communicate to them. You know what their biggest problem is. You know what their biggest pain is and that you have a solution for it. Uh, then we teach you how to create what we call a signature program, a signature service. And this is what you become known for. This is your process that becomes your proven formula that people know if I take Paula's program, she's going to start me here and take me here. And then we get deeper into how do you actually market that? How do you sell that? How do you do your lead generation? It's a six week program. We're going to be launching that in July. Um, and then of course we have the leadership and coaching Academy, which is a 12 month program to certify people as leaders and coaches. It's intense. It's not for people who are not really, really serious about, about doing this as a living. Um, there's over, 164 hours of videos that they watch uh, over 124 hours of zoom group calls that we do and there's two three-day weekends where we spend 12 to 15 hours a day on those three days just immersing people in actually doing the things that they've learned so we can help them make those little adjustments to get better so those are those are the main things that are being rolled out right now that is so fantastic. I love it. Oh my gosh. What, you know, what a great tool you and your partner are creating for people everywhere. Oh, wow. So much amazing stuff to share. Oh, I am just, you are so fantastic, Willard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I appreciate you so that. Thank you. And so are you our audience i have Absolutely. to say you Absolutely. are awesome as well yeah we are the awesome group oh willard this has been so fantastic with with about a minute left in the show is there any last something you'd like to say to everyone before we say goodbye um feel free to reach out and connect with me um you can find me on all social media looking for willard barth or going through my website um last thing i would really say is recognize that the only thing that's between you and living the life that you really desire and deserve is you getting in your own way. You know, there, anything that you dream is possible, you can create. I appreciate Paula saying about my doing all these wonderful things, but it came because I got out of my own way and I found other people who already were getting results and I studied from them to learn how to get those results. So it allowed me to achieve more in a shorter period of time because I learned from their mistakes rather than having to make my own. Anything that you want to achieve, you are already an amazing person. Allow yourself to live up to your potential. I love it. I love it. And I, and I love to, you know, the mindset and the realization that we can reach out and get help from others. It's, it's okay to do that. Absolutely. 
Oh, Willard, thank you so much. I am so honored to have you on the show. Love, hugs, and blessings. Thank you. Love, hugs, and blessings, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Gosh, that was great. Bye. <laughs>